Thank you for your goodness towards us. Uh, It's amazing just to hear your voice speak into our life, and it's so good, and it's so refreshing. And Lord, we just thank you for that. We just invite you to just keep speaking, keep renewing, uh, just keep transforming. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Before we get into the message this morning, I, I just... I really sense the Lord wanting me to to, to speak something out. Um, you know what John shared? Where'd he go? <laughs> what John shared was so powerful, um, and what a spiritual gift! And and that's the Lord speaking through. But you know, one of the things that you heard from him is, "Boy, my week was so busy. There was this, this, and this. Those things are no accident." Um, one of the things that I find is that the enemy loves to try and use busyness to keep me from growing in my spiritual gifts and using my spiritual gifts. I mean, it's constant. You know, this morning, uh, when I walked in early this morning and flipped on the lights, I find out we've got one dead one out here. And it's like, ah. But... The thing is, and I switched the bulbs out, you know, think, oh, it's maybe something simple. Well, it wasn't. And that's one of those things that can take my focus because it can be like, well, I don't want to, you know, somebody new coming in here. We got this, you know, light out. And... But that's not what God's calling me to. God's calling me to, to speak his word, to, to speak his heart. And so I just want to throw that out because here's the thing. Every one of you has spiritual gifts, and there are gifts the Lord wants to give you. And the thing is, all of your spiritual gifts, God doesn't just go poof, and it's just there and it's great. God goes, here you go, work on it. Okay? Seriously, everything, work on it. And so, whatever your spiritual gifts are, the Lord wants you to grow in them, um, but the enemy's going to throw a lot of busyness out there. And so, just remember that. As you go about life and you go about your day, you need to constantly check in. Lord, do I do this? Just because it's something that's good doesn't mean the Lord's saying go do it. We need to constantly question that. All right. Well, this morning, um, we're going to talk about parking in the fast lane. Um, sometimes life can feel like you are stuck in the slow lane. I mean, you can feel like you're in one of those traffic jams where, you know, things were going great and all you thinking you're almost home, you know, and then all of a sudden traffic slows down and you're stuck and you're going nowhere and you're like looking for the exit and you just, you just somehow you want out of this. But then all of a sudden, you make it through, traffic clears up, you pull over into the fast lane, and it's like, ah, I just want to stay here. And if you're one of those people that stays there, just know that if I meet you, I'm one of those people that wants to pull beside you and knock you off the road. But I'm not going to do that. But the thing is, is that when we get in the fast lane and things feel good, we can want to stay there. And the reason I bring this up is because of this. Because sometimes um, when we are experiencing spiritual gifts, for instance, and we're experiencing the Lord's presence, and we're experiencing ministry from the Lord, it can just really feel good, and we can just want to stay there. 
You know what I mean? I mean, uh, Crystal and I were just talking a minute ago about what it is to feel the Lord speak through someone to you. I mean, it can just be like, oh, I love this. And it's so good that I was saying, I want everyone to, to hear this. But the other thing is, is that once again, we can just be like, I just want to stay here. I, I don't want to do anything else. But here's the deal. The deal is, is that that's not what the Lord has called us to. The Lord wants to use us not just to stay here and experience really good stuff. He wants to take us out into the world. When we talk about parking in the fast lane, part of the reason we want to park in the fast lane is because usually it's smoother. There's less traffic. You can just cruise. But the problem is, is that if you choose to do that, what happens is you become a stumbling block for other people because you're just thinking about yourself. And as we're going to look in Scripture this morning, what the Lord calls us to, even though sometimes He allows us to pull into the fast lane and just kind of cruise for a while, the Lord oftentimes calls us to the rough, narrow path. He calls us to the place where um, of difficulty because He wants to transform us. As we're talking about the spiritual gifts, the Lord is wanting to pour more and more out upon us. But here's the thing I sense him saying. He wants to remind us of something because what happens, and so many times we see this, is that when people and churches start to move powerfully in spiritual gifts, they, they like the feeling of being in the fast lane, if, if you know what I mean. And they just want to stay there and they want to stay where it's good and they want to avoid any kind of difficulty. But the thing is, is that when you walk with the Lord, the Lord will call you to difficulties. And when He calls us to difficulties, we want to say, yes, Lord. Because if we don't, what happens is we're missing out on the transformation that God wants to form in us. The whole reason that He gives us spiritual gifts, He wants to bless us, yes. But the greater blessing that the Lord wants to give us is transformation. He wants to transform our hearts. And here's the other thing. He wants to transform other people. But I don't know about you, but I just, I get tired of dealing with that. This morning, again, before anybody was here and I was walking into the sanctuary, I was just so grateful to be here. Because for so many of you, I've walked with you for years. And you've made such an impact in my life. And I just, I trust you. And it's just, it's good when you're around people that you know want to walk with you. You know what I'm saying? But as you know, it's not like that out in the world. It gets so ugly. And I just want to, I just want to detach from it. And I just, I just want to stay here with you. Okay. You ever get that feeling? This week, um, I was at a funeral service, or actually a visitation service, um, for um, somebody in law enforcement, okay, um, that their life was ended. And we're standing out there, and we're standing with all these other law enforcement people. I mean, there are law enforcement people from all over the county and beyond. I mean, I don't know how many of us there are, but it's, it's huge. Um, and obviously, it's a time of mourning and so on. I mean, this was someone that uh, 
you know, was not that old. Uh, and as we're standing there, I'm just kind of listening to some of the conversation that's going on. And it is so vile. I mean, the most vile things that you could think of, that's what I'm hearing from my fellow law enforcement personnel who's standing outside the visitation. And I'm just like, really? Have you no fear of God or or anything else? And and so here's my point. My point is, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to be around that. I just want to stay right here. But again, as we're going to go to the Scripture That is not what God calls us to. God calls us at times to be refreshed. God calls us at times to pull into the passing lane and enjoy the smooth lane for a while. But He doesn't call us to stay there. God calls us to rough places. Sometimes we'll find our vehicle breaks down. And you know what? There's purpose behind it. Maybe He wants to use us uh, to minister to someone. Maybe He wants to minister to us. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's all of it together. Whatever it is. But my point is this. As we sense that God move, He's wanting to move. He's going to move powerfully. We've got to be careful that we keep our eyes on Jesus and we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and we don't just say, thanks for the gifts, Lord. I'm going to use these for me and I'm just going to kind of stay right here in the, in the good spot. The Lord wants to take us into the, the hard places. We still live in a war zone and that's what God calls us to. The scripture I want to look at this morning is one we've looked at before, <laughs> but I sense the Lord saying I want to go back there and I want to pull out some other things. So it's Matthew chapter 7. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount where the Lord gives so many things that He wants to say. And I want to look at verses 13 through 23. And if you uh, are looking at your Bible, there are three different headings here. Uh, The first one's the narrow gate in mine. The second one's the tree and its fruit. And the third one is true disciples. But I want to pull all of this together because it really flows with what I believe what the Lord wants to say to us as we begin again to flow in the gifts of the Spirit and to really allow the Lord to use us. I, I believe that He's going to move powerfully, but here's the thing. Again, what you see in the American church so much is that as that happens, people just want to stay on the smooth path. And they really don't want to go into the hard places. And and I believe the Lord wants to stress to us that He's pouring out His gifts not only to bless us, but so that we will go into the hard places because He wants to transform us and He wants to transform others. So in the first part, He says this, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. Only through the the narrow gate. I mean, that's one of those things that needs to be stressed right now, even in um, you know the Christian you know church, whatever in America. I mean, more and more you're just hearing, oh, these other gates, these are okay. No, no, no. There's only one gate, and it is a narrow one. Okay, narrow isn't comfortable. Narrow is I gotta focus, I gotta squeeze to get through. Narrow's not the fast lane where I just kind of coast on through, and I'm a part of a big party, and we're all enjoying ourselves, and we just gotta roll on into heaven. It's not the kingdom. 
The highway to hell is broad. Yes, there's a hell. And it's broad. Okay? Why is it broad? Because it's well-traveled. Why is the other one narrow? Because it's not well-traveled. The highway to hell is broad because it is well-traveled. And its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Now I want to stress a few things here. Because here's what we tend to do with this verse, I think, many times is to think, oh yeah, okay, this is talking about the world's population. And in comparison to the people in the church as opposed to the people out of the church, there's a lot more people out of the church, so I think that's what he's talking about. No. When you look at his audience here, okay, his audience is not the people outside of the church. His audience was the church. He was speaking to the Israelites. They were God's chosen people. They were the people that claimed to be religious. On top of that, when you read the Gospels and you find him talking to the high-faluting religious people, the Pharisees, Sadducees, all that, over and over he found, you find him telling them that they needed to repent. There was only a few of them that you found that were willing to try and, you know, like Nicodemus, sneak through the night when others didn't know and come and talk to Jesus and find out more about Him. These were the people who claimed to follow God. You need to hear this. Why am I telling you this? To scare you? No, I'm actually not telling you this to scare you so much as I'm telling you this because of this. Because the deal is, is that when you take that, okay, you're talking about the religious people. Jesus was in the midst of the religious people, and he was saying to them, listen, if you are seeing the kingdom, and he made it clear it's only through the Holy Spirit that we see the kingdom. If you see the kingdom and you're walking in it, understand this. The majority of the people around you who claim to follow God, they're actually not in the kingdom. Why is it important to know that? It's important to know that because of this. Because if you go along with the mainstream of the American church, you're going to be on the highway to hell. I'm serious. If you go along with the mainstream, because again, that's what he was talking to. He's talking to the religious people. These were all the people that claimed to follow God. They thought they were good. And he said, they are on the highway to hell and it's broad. And there's only a few of you that are actually going to find the narrow path. And it's not comfortable. It's difficult. You see, it was easy to go with the broad path with the religious people because they were actually in control. They were in control um, of a lot of the politics and so on. You had the Romans over them. Okay, They had to answer to them. But still, when you talk about community-wise, they had control of things. That's why Nicodemus was going in the dark to speak to Jesus. Because they were in control and they were ready to persecute anybody who actually followed Jesus. Hear this. It's no different in the church today. If you genuinely follow Jesus and you genuinely follow God, the God of the Bible, you're going to be persecuted within the church. 
Let me give you some examples, okay? Once again, when we talk about being a church that follows Jesus and flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, okay? One side of the church is going to reject you because they say, oh no, the the gifts are dead, even though the Bible clearly teaches something different. And this is a large part of the church. Why are they teaching this? Well, some are teaching it because they've been taught it. But ultimately, it comes from an issue of control and pride. That's what it's all about. Well, if God moves in this mysterious way, we can't control this. We don't know where it's going. uh, And we need control of this thing. And it's all about pride because I can't give it over to, you know, God just moving and God speaking and God thinking things. I mean, I want to be able to stand up here because I went to school and earned some degrees and I've earned your respect. No, <laughs> it's a matter of you uh, giving your heart over to God and God just moving and he, he can do it through a fisherman or anybody. You hear what I'm saying? Now, on the other side, it doesn't stop there. On the other side, if you are a person who flows through the gifts of the Spirit, and yet you say that there are still things like difficulty and hardship uh, and judgment, and God wants you to sacrifice, and He might lead you through some suffering, guess what? The majority of the other side of the American church is going to reject you as well. Because right now, For those who talk about flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, many of them also preach that we are in an age of grace and there's really no such thing as discipline anymore because it's all covered in grace. And therefore, you don't have to really abide by all the guidelines that God says because you're covered in grace. What's all that about? It's about, I want to ride in the fast lane. It's smooth. I don't want difficulty. I want to go with the flow. Well, if you go with the flow, guess what? You're going to be in the middle of a crowd on a smooth road that's headed to hell. Again, I, I, I just I want to stress this because if you're feeling rejected, I want you to know that that's normal. You're going to feel rejected by the church, by the majority of the church, if you honestly follow Jesus. That's the way it was in the time of Jesus. That is the way it is today. And I also want to tell you this because it's so easy to get sucked into it. I mean, if you're someone who's, you know, really wants to see God move in the gifts of the Spirit, you're going to get around these other people. And it's going to be easy just to get sucked in and you just want to, you just want to go with it. Because they're all about the blessing side and they're all about that you know, if there's difficulty, uh, you need to you know, denounce that thing in the name of Jesus. No, you need to stop and say, Lord, are you leading me into that? Is there something that you want to teach me here? The Lord was teaching me this uh, this week. Well, actually, it's been a, a several weeks now. Uh, I'm in the middle of a dog problem. Um, I uh, it seems like I, I love my animals, but there's always issues. You know, it's kind of like being around people or having kids. You love them, but there's always issues. So, um, you know, I, I was in this situation a while back where I'd bought these two young dogs, um, but they kept you know, running off, and eventually one of them died. And it just, it stunk, but that's what happened. Well, the other one kind of learned its lesson. And it just kind of stayed around the house and, you know, helped me uh, gather up the horses at night. And I just, we were getting along good. 
Well, then a family member calls me and says, hey, I've got this dog and I've got no place for it to run. I keep it inside and it's got tons of energy and I'm getting older and it's just not working out. Is there, I think it would do great on your place. Could you take it? Sure. Bring it down. Okay. So we bring the other dog and you know what? It worked great. The other dog respected boundaries. Uh, the other dog started to calm down after it had some area to run and was allowed to chase the horses for a while. Felt like it had a purpose in life. And then all of a sudden, my dog and that dog, they start buddying up and they're just, you know, messing around with each other. And it's just great because now my dog has a, a play partner, right? Life is great. I'm in the fast lane. We're cruising. And then one day, another dog shows up. No big deal. We're a happy family. Come chase the horses. It'll be a big party. Can I bring my treat? No. <laughs> 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 so anyways, so the other one shows up, okay? And at first, you know, again, it's great. It's fine. Well, then... The two that had showed up decided, you know what, this is really fun. And by the way, this other one had been, you know, kept in a certain spot and now it was given more area to run. Well, those two decided, this is so great. I bet it'd be great if we just ran the whole county. And so they took off. And the next thing I know, they're in Cesar and they're just roaming around all over the place. And so I get some calls and we go get them, you know, and. Of course, you give them a lecture and they just look at you and wag their tail and life's great. So I hook them up for a while. It's like, okay, you know, you're going to lose some privileges. You let them loose and boom, gone again. Well, now uh, it's just gotten to the point that uh, the other dog is left, okay, but I've still got the dog the family member gave me and he keeps running off. And last night it happened again. I let him off the leash for just a little bit. I even had one of those shock things on so I could buzz him if he got away from me. Uh, but I started getting busy and he got, you know, out of distance from me. And, but I started yelling, come back. And he just looked at me and whatever, I'm out of here. Heads into town. So I go get him, I bring him back, and I'm just like, you know what, I am done with this. I'm not putting up this. I'm calling the family member. I want this thing out of here. Because I want a smooth life. Anybody, I mean, does anybody here need more difficulty in their life? I don't need more difficulty. I got four kids. No, sorry. I don't need more difficulty. So I've got the phone. I'm about ready to dial. And I'm sensing the Lord saying no. I'm like, what do you mean no? This is not my problem. This is not my dog. And I sense the Lord saying, I'm teaching you something. I want you to listen. I don't want to listen. I've, got to, I, I, I've been learning enough. Thank you very much. But the Lord's speaking to me and He's saying no. Because He's saying, here's the deal. That dog is losing its freedom. Because you're ha- you can't let it run loose. You're having to hook it up. Because it won't respect the boundaries that you have given it. And the thing is, is that right now, it has way more boundaries than it ever, bigger, larger boundaries than it ever had before. Before it was stuck in the middle of the house and that dog wanted to get out and roam and run through the creek and chase some horses and annoy some cats. It wanted to do all that and it couldn't do that. Well, now it's doing all that, but then it was shown something more and it's wanting to go across the boundaries. And God's saying, this is for you. 
Because if you don't understand the boundaries that I've given you, even though I've enlarged your territory and I've given you more room to run, you're going to lose it all. Ah, man, I don't want to hear that. I just want to get rid of the thing. But God's trying to teach me something. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so God has a message that's for all of us. God wants to to expand our territory. This is for some of you individually, and this is for all of us corporately. He wants to expand our territory. He wants to give us gifts. But here's the thing. We must respect His boundaries. If we don't respect His boundaries, we lose it all. And the end of this is going to speak directly to that. Let's look at some more of it, though. Verse 15 says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. Now, now I want to say something about this, because I, I think we get mixed up once again, just like with the other when we think, oh, he's speaking about the world. No, 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 he's talking about the church. When you talk about the wolf, I think the thing is, is that we picture a wolf, and we picture a wolf baring its teeth like, I'm coming to get you. Well, if you see a wolf, you know a wolf, right? And it's like, duh, that's dangerous. And we think to ourselves, I'm going to recognize the wolf. But here's the thing. In experiencing life, I've found that I don't think the wolf knows it's a wolf. I think the wolf thinks it's a savior. When you read about Hitler, for instance... I mean, the man is responsible for killing millions. He thought he was a savior. He was deceived. You hear what I'm saying? And as I encounter people who are breaking the smallest of laws up to harming other people, almost every time they believe they're in the right. Every time. And it's not just them. It's me. Because when I break a law, it's for good reason. Not you, but me. It's for good reason, okay? You hear what I'm saying? The thing is, is that we get deceived, and I want to share this with you because we need to protect ourselves. Because once again, there are all kinds of people out there that are teaching things that are very harmful, and they don't know it. There are many people right now who are teaching things about the gifts of the Spirit and good stuff, and and it feels good and it's blessing us, but there's a danger to it. Let me give you an example that some of you will remember. Rob Bell, okay? We had a lot of his videos that we would show in the church, and he had good stuff. It was good stuff. But he also got deceived. He got deceived to the point that he said, there's no hell. That, that, that's dangerous stuff. But see, for a while, people didn't see that. I share that for this reason. There are people right now that we are promoting, that we're looking to, 
that they're talking about good stuff. They're talking about healing and, you know, and we're seeing God move through them powerfully. And we're like, I, you know, I want that and that's good. Okay. But here's what I'm saying. We got to be really careful because there are many of these people teaching what I'm saying. They're saying, oh, we're in this age of grace. There's no such thing as discipline and judgment anymore. You're just good. Just flow with things, you know. I mean, any spirit that comes along, it's all good. And I'm saying this is really dangerous because this is what I believe he's talking about. Because I don't think they know that they're a wolf. I think they're teaching things that are not of the Lord and they don't know it. And here's the thing, I don't want to be that guy. And so I sense the Lord saying to me, you need to protect yourself. You need to be careful. You need to keep your nose in my word. And when I say take the rough path, you need to be willing to do it. Don't just go with the easy stuff. He goes on, he says, you can identify them by their fruit. Because that's the thing. You really can't look at them and say, oh, I see the bared teeth. That's the wolf. No, no, no. They're the ones smiling at you. You know, another thing that I, I watch on a weekly basis, okay? I watch body cam footage of officers getting shot on a weekly basis. I mean, that's one of the beauties of body cams is you can see that. So all over the nation, we, you know, if you have something like that, you post it on a police forum so that others can see it. And here's the thing I see all the time, over and over, right before the officer's getting shot, the person shooting them is like telling a joke or something or laughing. I mean, they're doing stuff that would never let you know, I'm about to take your life. And I say that for this instance, because we, we all have, we have uh, this thing that says, oh, if I was in danger, I'd sense it. I'd know it. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. And it's the same spiritually. So many of us think, oh, if there's somebody teaching something bad, I'm going to know it. No, you're not. It's going to feel good. And you're going to have some other people around you that you trust. And you're going to be like, no, no, I think this is good. We always need to go back to the Word. But here's the other thing. Look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. And when you talk about fruit, some of these people, you're not around enough to know them personally. So I think what you really got to do is you got to look at the fruit of people who are really following and promoting. And you got to say, you know, God, is, is, is this good? We got to look at those things. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Just or yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. I wish it was so simple that if somebody was able to move in the gifts of the Spirit, for instance, I could assume that you know they're good and that everything's okay. But as we're going to find out, that's, that's not the case. You've got to look at fruit. I, I remember, for instance, when the Lord really started to open me up to what the Word says and you know about gifts of the Spirit and so on. I remember uh, going to a school that embraced the gifts of the Spirit. And I was like, yes, I'm going to be around all these people that flow in the gifts of the Spirit. And they're going to be so close to God. And I'm going to be close to God. And it's going to be awesome. And then what I found was I found people who could flow in the gifts of the Spirit. And on the way out of the sanctuary, slam the door in your face. I mean, just like totally concerned about themselves. Parked in the fast lane. And I'm like, God, what, what's up with this? And I don't know that I have the full answers to all of this, but 
I think it's partially a test of the Lord once again, because he wants to find our true heart. Are you after just the blessings or are you after the blesser? And I want to say to you that the, the blesser is far greater than just the little blessings. Corinthians says that these things like prophecy and tongues and all that, one day they're going to fade away. Because the gift of the blesser is going to be so great, you don't even need these other things. These things are just a foretaste, so don't worship them. Don't worship them. Worship the one who gives them. All right, last part of this. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Now, here's the big thing, and many of you were you know, familiar with this passage, but hear this. On Judgment Day, many, didn't say a few, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. This is so crucial. Remember what I was just saying? When you talk about God's laws, they are those boundaries that He puts out. And again, the reason He gives us those boundaries is to protect us because He loves us, okay? If my dog could just understand, I want to bless him. I don't want to contain him in any way. But I know if he leaves the boundaries of the farm, it's going to cost him his life. And he doesn't get it. He just looks at me like, ah, this is great. (laughs) And what God is saying to me is that that's how He feels about me. He's looking at me and He's like, how do I explain this to you, son? I can't. I need you to trust me. Your brain's not big enough to understand all that I know. Your brain is not big enough to understand all that God knows. You need to hear that. And on the other side, here's the thing. All these boundaries that we read about, I think the biggest one in the church today is sexual boundaries. We're getting killed with this. And the thing is, it's so easy just to roll with it. Because the masses, the major denominations, they're all saying, you know what? Forget what God's Word says about those boundaries. Just, it's okay. He's a God of grace. You know, if you have a desire to do something that God gave it to you, roll with it. Most are going to hell. I'm talking about the preacher who's got the robe on, who's been to school and got doctorates, who's saying, nope, forget about these boundaries. Well, guess what this just said. I never knew you, those who break God's laws. So hear me clearly. I'm not talking about when we fall, okay, and when we break a law, because that's why grace is there. All of us struggle. None of you are perfect. Don't try to pretend you are, okay? But when I say, no, what what God said is the law is not the law, that's where we got an issue. That's where, okay, I'm no longer trying. I'm no longer asking for grace. I just changed the Word. Guess what? When you change the Word, you change God's. You may have the name of God, 
You may have the name of Jesus, but it's not Jesus. Again, the people that Jesus was speaking to, they said they worshiped the God of Abraham and Jacob in the Bible. They did not. How do we know that? Because they didn't recognize Jesus. If they had really worshiped God, they would recognize Jesus. But they didn't. But they kept calling Him that. We are surrounded by people who say, I follow Jesus, and they don't. How do you know? You look at fruit. All right? Also, if you look at things where they're breaking God's laws and saying, it's okay, they're not following God. Now, it's not up to us to say, you're going to hell. It's not up to us. But it is up to us to say, hey, you need to know that God's Word says, if you're just saying, I don't care about what God says about this law, I'm going to roll with it, then there's issues there. This is so huge. And... I mean, when you, when you talk about sexual boundaries, we are in an age now where... I, I, I'm talking in the church right now. I'm talking about the people I know. I'm not talking about anywhere else, okay? People I know just right here, southern Illinois. I, I mean, I feel like five out of a hundred really want to try and live what God says about sexual boundaries. I, that's what I feel like. I mean, I, I have, we have no way of knowing that. But as I look at, I mean, the people that I grew up with and respected, again, I'm not talking about struggles, okay? I'm talking about you just said, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want. And they've all got their issues. But hey, it's all good because we're, we're under grace. When you say you don't care about His law anymore, you're no longer following Him. When you say His law is correct and you fall, His grace is there. Absolutely. You can't earn salvation. It's a gift. So I say this so that we will protect our hearts. And as God moves in us, that we keep going. And when He says take the rough path, we take the rough path. And we understand that He's trying to transform us. And we don't just go along with the crowd. We understand that as I follow God's Word, as I move in the gifts of the Spirit and so on, the majority of the church is going to reject me. I know that stinks, but that's, that's, that's it. It hasn't changed. That's the way it was before Jesus. That's the way it was during the time of Jesus. And that is the way it is now. Father, um, thank You for the way that You bless us, Lord. Thank You that in each of our lives, (laughs) like my dog Shep, You've given us a farm to run on. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes there's snow on the ground. And, but then there's those sunny days where the grass is lush and the water's running and it, it's good. Thank You for that. And thank You, Lord, that You want to keep on blessing us. But Lord, we also recognize that You've given us boundaries. And no matter what somebody says that's able to pray for healing and see it, when they speak outside of the Word, Lord, we understand it's wrong. And we just say, we want to go with Your Word. We want to go with Your leading. And Lord, we believe that You're going to use us in mighty ways. That's what You keep showing us, Lord. And it is exciting. But help us to keep our heart and our ear close to You. To follow You and not get parked in the fast lane. But to go there when You say go and to pull out when You say pull out. Lord, lead us. Move in us. We love You and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.